Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the social index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. LinkedIn presents... For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Aaron North. He's the chief marketing officer at Mint Mobile, and he's been making headlines with the brand since 2016. Prior to his promotion in 2019, Aaron joined Mint Mobile as the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Creative, where he spearheaded a number of their initial development around the brand, marketing department, and their creative efforts. And since then, Aaron has led the launch of countless buzzworthy campaigns and initiatives driving the brand to 90,000% revenue growth over the last five years. Key campaigns include crossovers with Matches Satan, where the devil himself takes a job working for Big Wireless, The Place from Hell, (laughs) and Super Bowl stunt that involves swapping a $5 million ad buy for a print ad and using the savings to increase customer data limits on all plans, free of charge. Now, of course, this would not be a conversation with Mint Mobile without talking a little bit about Ryan Reynolds, and we do do that as well. And you don't want to miss all of the goodness that come from Aaron North. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here, Alan. I think this is this is going to be a really fun, fun conversation. <laughs> and we're going to start it off, I think, with something that's going to... We may never get off this topic uh, as soon as I open Pandora's box, but I hear you are a diehard Lakers fan. And I wanted to know where that started for you and like, where where is it taking you? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I've, I've been a Lakers fan ever since I was a kid. Um, you know, the the 80s were a great time for our glorious franchise. Uh, like I own the thing I'm talking about it, <laughs> our franchise. Uh, but I grew up as a kid rooting for the show. And then, you know, as a, I guess as a teen or uh, going into college, the Lakers were able to sign Kobe Bryant. And Kobe is just like, you know, it was so exciting to watch him play. But as you learn about his work ethic, and the dedication and the amount of tenacity he put into his craft, 
uh, I became more than just a casual fan. Like the guy is just a phenomenal or was a phenomenal uh, basketball player. And I've got signed Jersey from him. I've got signed pictures from him. And the Jersey I have was actually signed to me. And it says do epic things, which I'm a Southern California guy, born and raised here, and a surfer as well. So having him write that on a jersey to me, <laughs> like it's it's my pride and joy. It sits in the office. I look at it, you know, whenever I'm in the office, and I love it as a backdrop. It's a it's a it's a flex for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I heard you even kiss the hardwood floor. Yeah, <laughs> not too long so ago. I I I got was lucky enough for the first time in my life to get courtside seats. You know, growing up, I was always in the nosebleeds. And just by chance, I was able to get courtside. And it's so funny because I got there and it was such a big deal that like, yeah, I kneeled down and kissed the floor. <laughs> and it was awesome. There's there's photos of that somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, it, it definitely comes through just to your passion for them and and, and the watching Kobe and, and his progression as well through the years. And I also love that they're just not afraid of greatness, you know, like yeah. embrace the challenge of putting on the purple and gold and all that comes with it. And then <laughs> loving it and then thriving in it. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I it, it is. It's fun to watch them. It's fun to watch them for sure. Well, from sports to business, you are now the chief marketing officer at Mint Mobile. There's as soon as I say those terms, you know this actor guy comes into the mix. I think for most people that are listening to this and we're going to get to that guy. But before we do that, like, how did, what was, what's been your path through business? Like where'd you get your start and how'd you end up at Mint Mobile? Yeah. Uh, well, um, I like to take my career and cut it into like two pieces, if you will. So I think I just celebrated my seven year anniversary here, but that happened last week, which was a shock to me. Seems like it's flown by and it also feels like it's been 10 times longer, which is weird. But um, (laughs) the early half of my career was all agency side. So I worked at various consumer promotion, shopper marketing or advertising agencies and really cut my teeth in marketing there. And then the second half of my career has been on the client side where I was at Taco Bell and then now Mint. And I started... Gosh, I... I was never a marketing intern, but I was one step above, which was an account coordinator at a marketing promotions agency. And I mean, I was doing everything from making copies and creating <laughs> the decks that were going out to FedEx runs, you know, like as well as some account management stuff. I was not afraid to get my hands dirty. And, you know, if the FedEx cutoff at the office was five, I think. We had a FedEx shipping facility down the street in Irvine, and I could get there in about eight minutes, and the cutoff was six. So we would <laughs> oftentimes use all 52 minutes to get something out to our client at the time who was Burger King. <laughs> I, love, I love that you know, you, you still remember the cutoff windows. Let me tell you, man, I did not make that trip <laughs> once. I made that trip multiple times a week. <laughs> like, this is I, that. I mean, gosh, I, I hope people aren't saying, okay, boomer. Uh, when I hear this, but like that was a life where our clients didn't want PDFs. Like right. our clients wanted lasers, Physical. 11 mm-hmm. by 17. And I remember our client did not want the folded. So, you know, everything was a special pack that had to go out. And <laughs> I wasn't afraid to go to the back in the warehouse and make the shipping label. And I was friends with the FedEx guys. You know, it's like, you got to get your start somewhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, so agency life and then the career stops like Taco Bell and others that you mentioned, as well as Mint Mobile. I mean, you've interacted and 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 had, I would imagine, a lot of different experiences for quote unquote marketing giants in the industry, both from an agency perspective as well as the brands that you worked on. What have you taken away from all of those experiences? It's that's a great question, because you take away different things mm-hmm. from each stop in your career. And even if the stops weren't necessarily glamorous or look, I, I just say it like it is. The yeah. reality is I, I worked at some places where 
The takeaway was this is not how to do business, but let's not focus on that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I think what you end up learning though, is that marketing is important. Like marketing is important, period, right? Like I know there's a lot of brands out there and they may not be consumer brands, but Maybe they don't believe so much in marketing because some of it feels like magic. We talk about brand and things like that. But marketing is critically important to, I would say, all consumer products and even all B2B products. But marketing is not a one-person show. Marketing can be driven or it can have a catalyst with an individual, but marketing is a team sport. And you learn that pretty quick on the agency side where you're mixing account management, strategic planning, creative, production, legal, business affairs. Like it is, it is <laughs> definitely a full court and it's a team press, you know, on how to get things done. And you need to build relationships and partnership uh, along the way. And those relationships and partnerships will help your day-to-day life, but they also really impact your career. Um I had really, really great relationships throughout my agency days. And I've brought some of those best people with me or bring them along with me to these new career stops. And now I'm even hiring um, the children of some of the people I used to work with. And Mm -hmm. they've got their start with us and they're growing. And it's just exceptional because you really want to build a network. And I know, know some people look at schools and what business school or what graduate school you're going to go to for the network, your career is a perfect spot to really like start building that network. And those Mm -hmm. are people you get to work with and be in the trenches with, and they get to learn how you behave and who you are in moments of crises and high stress points. And I think you really get to build great relationships that will last your entire career. I love that. I love that. A big believer in that. Yeah. And if I could just I'll do a quick pivot to the client side because that is all true. But the one thing I've learned on the client side, which I've really fallen in love with is that you move from an influencer and a suggester of ideas to a decision maker. And I'm not a control freak. uh, Although (laughs) some of my team is listening, they'll be like, buddy does like to have an opinion on everything. Um, (laughs) It's going to be a real honest interview. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the ability to make a decision and understand the impacts of a decision is just mm-hmm. so much more rewarding for me than working at an agency where you're constantly providing rationale, suggestion, points of view. And then sometimes clients don't take those recommendations. And mm-hmm. in anybody who's worked at agency has been in that situation where you're presenting three concepts for a new campaign or a new product launch. And the agency, the strong agency reco is concept two. You've laid it all out on the line as to why. And they go, oh, but we like one because it's it's more safe or whatever the reason may be. Right. I think that transition to decision maker and being able to make some materially big decisions is pretty exciting and brings like a new thrill to sort of like uh, a very steady marketing game. Gotcha. Well, let's talk Mint Mobile. Uh, I think if I got my numbers right, 90,000% revenue growth. I've never seen a number that big before. All done in five years. I guess the big question is like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, and I will back these numbers like forever, but we started Mint launched in August of 2016. Yeah. through the end of the year, then we sort of look forward and do years after that. So it wasn't like we're going up from zero. But yeah, I've actually never seen anything like it. I mean, (laughs) I've seen dollar growth. That's exceptional. But that was because Taco Bell had 5,000 restaurants at the time. But take Mint from an essence, well, not from an essence, from literal zero customers to what it is today has been like insane and wild ride doesn't do it justice because <laughs> we've been at it, like I said, uh, for seven years and Mint launched really with a with a core central thesis. And that was, I guess there are a couple of them, but one is like, if you're buying 
in essence, internet for your phone. Mm -hmm. Why can't you buy that on the internet? And then, <laughs> it's, hey, it sounds silly, but like at the time, this was transformative thinking right. uh, when we were launching. And then two, like, do you believe, looking back seven years, do you believe the future will hold more digital transactions or less less digital transactions? Right. And I'm of the mindset of more, right? Like yeah. I don't see a big push to analog, maybe cash <laughs> payments on some things, but the, right. the amount of digital transactions are skyrocketing. So why can't we disrupt a tire category and bring digital innovation to the forefront with Mint Mobile? And that was that was really what got Mint going was was those two ideas and a never ending, relentless sort of like challenge to find performance like we are mm. we believe in the scientific method where you have a hypothesis which marketers are great at uh, that hypothesis is a an if-then statement if we do x then y will happen we run tons of experiments on our business and because we're direct to consumer your direct to consumer audience knows that's cro right that's conversion rate yeah. optimization testing mm -hmm. we're constantly doing testing we're measuring and then we're coming to conclusions and we look at the conclusions, we either prove the hypothesis true or false, and then we adjust, but we never relent. And you know, some of the things that really have driven us are this full transparency within our own teams, like having truth moments where is this working, is it not, and radical ideas that we want to test and we can put out in the marketplace and test them small and see if they work before we scale. So we're constantly making small bets. And when you have a ton of bets out on the table, when one hits, the bet's not over. Now you have a chance mm. to amplify and really scale. And we did that from the start, day one on Mint. And that has been really a secret to unlocking this insane growth curve that you know, when you look at it and you zoom out, it's, it's exponential growth. And we call it hyper growth here because the entire company has transformed because of Mint's ability to grow at such a rapid pace. It has been so exciting. I mean, to give you a sense of scale, when I started here, there were only seven people in the marketing department, and that includes creative and then account and everything. Yeah. We're up over 150 now, which wow. I can't even really fathom a little bit. Like, it's <laughs> kind of crazy that like, oh my gosh, like I left a marketing juggernaut to come to this startup, right. called a scale up because Ultra was already crushing it. Mint was nothing, and we were able to really just take off and and turn this into something really special. Hmm. I love it. I love it. I mean, it, quite quite the ride, as you said. Well, I can't avoid this. Everyone that's listening to this is going to be waiting for me to talk about Ryan Reynolds and that Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Ryan, that Ryan, Mr. Deadpool, if you will. Uh, not Ryan Gosling, even though I, I hear that there's some confusion out there on the internet. But before we talk about Ryan, and maybe we say, well, pre-Ryan. So like you've had that, like, where were you guys going? Like, what were you doing? Where were you headed? And then we can talk about how Ryan entered the picture. Yeah. So I was brought into this company with the guise of building a marketing department for Ultra Mobile. And yeah. when I got here, Mint Mobile, I mean, the brand existed. It was called Mint Sim originally. And the mascot mm -hmm. existed. And this concept of online wireless was being formulated. What we did in the first, let's just call it three years for easy math, although it's like two and a half. Um, what we did was we were testing maniacs, right? Like this was, this is the beauty of working at a scale up or a startup is you have a company that's willing to take risks. And we've got an incredible yeah. leadership team. Our mm -hmm. founder, David Glickman, our co-founder, Rizwan Kasim, are very much of the mindset of like risk takers, but measured risk and, and controlled risk, if you will. So Mint was just that. It was an opportunity to try and see if we could sell wireless online. Many had failed before us. Mm -hmm. We were still resolute in giving it a shot. So what we started doing right away was we launched the product, um, we got it out in the marketplace, started intercepting customers, understanding why they 
Well, one, how did they find us? What were they seeing about us? Because you just launched, like those are really important questions to understand. And then mm-hmm. how are they perceiving what we are presenting? And you can do that really affordably, uh, particularly when you're small. Um, but what we started to do was we started to gather this really rich knowledge bank and we continually tested everything. Like we were testing messaging, we were testing flows, we were testing ad units, we were constantly testing. And to the point where I made one of the biggest mistakes in early mint was I launched multiple tests on the same day. We got this great result and we could not isolate why. So we don't do that anymore. That was a lesson learned early on and one that like everybody gets a kick out of because I call it one of the big failures I had early on. But it's, you know, we embrace failure here. I I should say that. And like that is a day zero thing for me and our team is like, I use failure and risk interchangeably. And I Mm. like to tell people, if you're not failing, you're not pushing hard enough, right? Right. Like you have to be comfortable with the idea of failure. Because if you think of failure risk as interchangeable words, now you're talking about, okay, how do I fail small? How do I fail fast? How do I fail cheap? How do I fail forward? And now if I can limit my failures to those parameters, Really, what we're doing is we're allowing people to make bets and take risk that they normally wouldn't for fear of punishment. And that was really central to what we were doing as well. And as we were taking those risks and building this digital business, come from a world of marketing, you know, agency, client side, it's how do we scale? And Mm -hmm. we've chosen early on to build our business with media as the backbone because. As every marketer knows, there's an infinite amount of media available to buy. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean it's all good media, but you can start. It's a scaling event that seems to have an infinite number of options for you. Mm-hmm. And we were trying different types of media. And then I want to say it was probably 2018. We were scaling and we had seen so mm-hmm. much success so quick that we went into TV and we were testing television. We created three spots, two of which we put on air right away. And, you know, we kept, like I said, we were testing everything early on. We ran the media test for television. It was exceptional. Um, we let the test finish. And then we watched sort of what we call the foxtail, like what else is happening to the business. Right. Post media test. We saw even healthier performance. And then... You know, as we're seeing all this and the business is scaling, I'm like, wow, we we faced an early issue of legitimacy. And I think, you know, even today we face that issue of legitimacy of how can it be any good if it's this affordable? And one of the one of the big tactics we bet on, and look, we had lots of small tests to, before we right. did big, big, big risk. But um, I asked the owners of the company if we could buy a Super Bowl spot. yeah that's that's a big one that's a big one it really was and it was awesome because part of being a good marketer is understanding what happens if and what happens if we're wildly successful what happens if we're moderately successful what happens if we fail so one of the things i did when presenting this to our leadership team was let's talk about failure right if this fails I knew what we could do over the course of the year because you know Super Bowl is early on in the calendar year. Right. I know what we can do throughout the course of the year to get this thing back on track. So yes, big risk, well calculated, however, ready for sort of like the worst <laughs> case scenario. And for us, that first television test we did, and this is why it's important to make yeah. high quality friends when you're 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 starting out in your careers. I was able to get a three unit ad package produced for something like you know three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is incredibly affordable when you're looking at all the things that go into a production. And yeah. I know that the spot we ended up putting on in Super Bowl was a spot called Chunky Style Milk, and <laughs> yeah. It's gross. <laughs> so the campaign theme was that's not right. 
And we had three that's not right scenarios. One was carpeted showers. One was, uh, now the next one was pre-COVID. So finger dipping, where you would put your fingers into nacho cheese dip and eat it in a, in a, in a you know, a party Part, setting. Party setting, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and then chunky style milk. And chunky style milk, I, I mean, you just, if you've ever been on set and you're in Video Village and you see it, and you know you've got magic, like you're like, oh, this is so good. Like I, I, I will never forget being in Video Village and going, oh, this is the winner, this is the winner. But we ran that in the Super Bowl, which, by the way, we bought that spot two weeks before the Super Bowl aired. Which that's why you need. We had to have the the spot sort of in the can, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But we bought that spot. And what was really fantastic, and this was part of our strategy, was everybody goes big at Super Bowl. Like, we're not, if I'm doing a spot that was like 50,000 in production or 75 grand in production, like, we can't out Pepsi Pepsi. You know what right, I mean? Right. Out Anheuser Busch, Anheuser Busch. Like, you just can't. So, what we decided to do was instead of being funny or being big and having celebrity, we were going to go the gross and <laughs> chunky style milk sounds exactly like it is. So if people are listening, like find it on YouTube. It's nasty. It's it's also awesome because what ended up happening was the spot ran, and you know I, I'm sitting next to my living room right now, and everybody was at my house. Like we're still a very small company back in 2019, right. and. Everybody's in my living room. We're watching the Super Bowl. We've got teams here, social, brand, this, that. And we are ready for the moment. Spot airs. And we're doing, people are like, gross. I want to die. Mint Mobile's ruining my Super Bowl party. I like to stop eating. Uh, you know, I'm like green face emoji, like puke emoji. And then the Surgeon General tweets out. The Surgeon General for the U.S. tweets out. I forget the exact tweet, but something like, no matter what my mobile says, do not drink chunky style milk. We just had like this moment for the brand. And what was interesting is the next day, of course, everybody looks at ad meter or YouTube to like see mm. what spot won the Super Bowl. Right. And it was pretty unanimous that ours was gross and <laughs> unexpected and sort of revolting. But what happened... And what was neat was there was a neuroscience company that every Super Bowl, they wire people up and they make them watch all the ads and they like monitor and track sort of the physical and mental response that people have to this spot. And they also, at the end of it, you know, sort of measure efficacy by recall. And what we found was that our spot was number one. We were wow. number one when it came to efficacy and recall. And we got crushed in ad meter. I can't remember. We weren't last, thank God. But like, <laughs> we were at the bottom, right? But this neuroscience thing, and I was showing our leadership team, I'm like, look, we may have been the gross spot that people are talking about, but people are talking about it. People remember it. And it really carried us and transformed what the brand was doing. Because no, well, typically a fly-by-night brand doesn't go into the Super Bowl. Like you have to be a legit product with a message that, and it, it worked. It just really worked for us and our business took off. That was, you know, we, we've had many of these moments where that was the single highest, you know, traffic day on the website, single highest grossing transaction day, set <laughs> records for the day, the week, the month. And it really added even more fuel to the fire that we were, we were building Mint Mobile. And it was incredibly exciting. That's amazing. I mean, and just the results and the the um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the gross factor. Just talking about it, you don't even need to watch it. You know, you know it's bad. You know it's bad. <laughs> the saddest part is, and like, huh, I felt so bad for the actors because, look, the 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 chunks were cottage cheese and, and things <laughs> like that. But on the very last take of the day, and it was the poor shot. They used ice cream. And they were like, hey, this looks pretty good. We could have used ice cream the entire day. And I was like, don't tell the actors whatever you do. Please don't tell them. They're over there on the side, like curled up in a chunky milk beetle position. 
<laughs> oh, man. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right. So so you, you've had a Super Bowl ad, a great success. Where, where, does, where does Ryan come into the scene? And, and, and he talks about being a customer first. It, was he really? Yeah. So um, David Glickman, our founder, sits on multiple boards and he's, I don't know if he currently sits, but he used to sit on the Michael J. Fox Foundation board. Ryan mm. was on the board and, you know, you just sort of sitting next to someone, you have a conversation. Ryan is as real and as nice as you see him. That That is yeah. who he is and how he is. He's a great guy. They're just talking and, you know, David's excited because we've got Mint, we're cracking the code and it's growing like crazy. And sort of unbeknownst to us, Ryan bought the service on his own, <laughs> the cell phone, and started using it. And was like, oh my gosh, like it works just like all other wireless works. And it's crazy affordable. Him being Canadian, Canada has some of the highest unit economics on wireless in, in the world. So mm-hmm. I think it just really struck a chord with him. Now, the other thing is that his business partner, George Dewey, uh, who is a creative genius, just like Ryan, used to work at McCann Erickson on the Verizon business. So he knew oh. wireless. <laughs> he knew what we, Verizon is one of our big competitors. So yeah. he knew what they were doing and we represent, in essence, the opposite of what they are doing. Um, more transparency, low cost, et cetera, et cetera, online only. And they just got excited about it and Ryan, we, you know, it takes a while to work a deal like that together, but we announced it in November of 2019 and it was insane, right? Like yeah. one of the hypotheses was, you know, like, how do you measure the impact of Ryan? And we, we kept saying, well, it's going to be like, we have a Super Bowl throughout like, or numerous Super Bowls throughout the year, because that was the biggest thing we had ever measured. And right. it, it, it was like, like to think of it that way is sort of comical now, but like at the time, that's how we evaluated it. Mm. And it's really cool actually, because Ryan came on in 2019 and then for 2020, we're like, Hey, we did a Super Bowl last year. It was like, (laughs) no way, not at all. Like (laughs) that is a hard no. We are not spending $5 million on or whatever it is, 5.5 or whatever to run a 30 second spot. So what we did was we actually took out, this is so fun. We took out an (laughs) ad in the New York Times, just a full page print ad. And I can't even remember the cost. Let's call it 50 grand. Right. But we took out that ad and he literally penned that letter, which was, um, you know, now that I'm the new owner of Mint, um, gosh, I'm not going to do it justice. If I was in my office, I have a frame. But it's like, we're not going to spend $5 million on advertising. For me, that's a hard no. We could literally give away 300,000 months of Mint Mobile service and still save money. So that's it. That's what we're going to do. We're giving away service on this special Sunday. Come to the website. You sign up for Mint. You get it for free. And that ended up being twice as effective as our <laughs> Super Bowl campaign. So while we thought we were getting a Super Bowl with Ryan, what we didn't realize was that we're getting <laughs> two every time he does something. So it was like, holy shit. 
this is exciting. <laughs> like this has got really, really fun. And you know, it like it is just that. I mean, you can probably hear the smile when I talk, but yeah. the work we're doing. I mean, look, it's strategically driven, it's insight-based, it's consumer first. It is all those things, but more importantly, it's fun. And I think the customer or the potential customer gets it. You know, people aren't dummies. They know it's advertising. So why not just have some fun with it? Right, right. Well, and I don't know, Ryan, I only see what I see on TV. But watching Welcome to Wrexham is probably the closest, I guess, insider view I got. I mean, he is he is hands on, like, I mean, more so than you would think, right? Is Does that play out as it relates to Mint as well? Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, I've never met a busier person than Ryan and George. <laughs> like those two are crazy busy all the time. Yeah. But because of that, like, you know, my whole career, it's email, meetings, like recently Zooms, right? But you used to like have a meeting or you go to the agency, this and that. That doesn't work. We exist in SMS. Like we are (laughs) all the time, but you may think, oh, 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 well, that must be light touch. Uh, No. (laughs) Because our communication can be so short, it can be high in its frequency. And he's very involved. Like he's not... And he's not uh, like a paid influencer. He's an owner and right. he operates right. like an owner. Now, he's not looking at every mobile ad we produce that's going to go out, you know, on the Google Display Network. He's right. interested in what's the big strategic vision, what's the marketing calendar, how is the media performance, and how is the business doing? And mm. what's incredible is when you have someone that dialed into the business, and that in tune with what we're doing, the work is transformative because he is very involved. He knows what's going on. He knows the mission, the challenges, those things. And George and Ryan can work together and create work incredibly fast, mm. but also highly effective. It's look, creative to win awards is not what we do. We get awards, that's a byproduct of great work, right? Mm. We want efficacy. I want work that performs. And it's insane the things we have seen them be able to produce. Their instincts are second to none. One of my biggest, earliest learnings, and this was before we started, I had to like look myself in the mirror and go, look, these are geniuses. (laughs) You may not get the genius right away. Do not fuck it up. Like, do not <laughs> get in the way of what they are doing. It, look, yeah. it, it, it may sound crass, but it, it, that was a real moment where yeah, I know marketers, I know it, I've seen it my whole life. Oh, and yeah. Who wants to put their little fingerprint on it? Really, what they're doing is round in the corners. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest decisions we made early was to put Rick Moranis in an advertisement. And I remember <laughs> talking to George, I'm like, hey, Rick hasn't been in anything in forever. And like, I remember him from <laughs> Ghostbusters and Little Shop of Horrors, but like, right. you know, I'm older. And he's like, I just think the, the world will love us for bringing Rick back. And I'm like, <laughs> I am certainly not going to stand in your way. Where do we sign up? And sure enough, it was incredible. Because uh, <laughs> you know, the work itself goes on broadcast and digital video, and we're measuring the efficacy but we get this tsunami of press and goodwill and people are like, way to go, Ryan and Mint for bringing back Rick. And I'm like, and it happened at (laughs) such a speed, right? Like this spot goes out in the morning and 20 minutes after you already see the sentiment is so positive and people are sharing it and it's going wild on the internet. It's, It's climbing the YouTube trending charts and you're watching it just move up you're watching the website traffic go up like in real time so it's pretty incredible but like you know that was early on now he's so in tune to what we got cooking he knows exactly what's next and what we need to do and Mm -hmm. is 
always ready to dive in head first. I love that. I love it. And I, I mean, so much to like unpack. I mean, one, you're basically running your communications on your service, SMS. <laughs> I love that too. Mint on mint, so to speak. It gets real meta when you think about the pandemic because everybody got sent home. Yeah. And <laughs> my neighborhood Wi-Fi couldn't handle it. So oh my God, you're right. Yeah. I was literally sitting in my garage. My house was under construction. The garage door was open. Out in front of my house was a small tractor and a porta potty. <laughs> and there was no internet. So I was running I was running the mint business off of my mint mobile hotspot on my phone. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. It was nuts, man. Wow. Wow. Well, and I mean, I think there's so much mystique around just Ryan and and all the things you do. But like, as you, as you talk about it, as I've like tried to look at it from a marketer lens, like what is going on here? Like, you know, he's got great partners. It's not him alone doing this stuff. I mean, yes, he is probably one of the most recognized people in the world. So that helps too, but it, it's almost, I don't know if you, if you've ever thought about it this way, but listening to you talk, it's almost like he's flipped how we run companies on their head a bit. When you think about the dynamic between clients and agencies, because he's almost become an agency that actually holds assets, like holds companies. <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, I've worked we used to do this at Taco Bell where our agency would have performance incentive, right? Mm-hmm. You would get a bonus as an agency if we right. exceeded our number because, look, I believe this. This is my thoughts. Nobody else's. But I believe there are two types of companies. Companies that have products and do marketing and then marketing companies who have products. We are a marketing company that has products. Our product happens to be colorless, odorless, tasteless. <laughs> and it's in your phone. And you, I mean, it just works, right? Like that. Right. So we have to market what makes us special. Mm. Um, the product itself, there's lots of ways to get this product. Mm. But if you look at what they're doing, you're exactly right. They've entrenched themselves strategically, financially, and they are aligned to the overall business objective. And I worked at agency for over a decade. I know what it's like to be in the room and having creatives who are like, but this work is award-winning. And I'm like, but it won't sell a single thing. <laughs> yeah. so, like, right. how can we present this to the client when yeah. our job is to provide creative solutions to business problems? And mm-hmm. with them, like I, I, I said this in a recent press release, I'm going to misquote my own self, but it was something <laughs> like, they have such a tight understanding of what our business objectives are, that they are able to meld creativity and commerce and efficacy, right? Like that is Mm. the holy grail. And now if you haven't seen it, we've just come out with ALF, some advertising with ALF and their Fubo TV program. (laughs) Like we're now able to leverage talent, right? Our spots have ALF in them, which (laughs) you, you just nobody's thinking about marketing that the way these guys are. And it's George, it's Ryan, it's Mm. us. It's everyone like really embracing this idea that we can do better when it comes to marketing our products and services to consumers. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, kudos on all the success. I mean, it, 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 it's, mind blowing is is not even like the best way to characterize it. It's beyond that in terms of what you guys have done. And I I can't, I mean, it's almost like I don't know how you keep the engine running as fast as it's running, to be honest. But like it you guys hit every time it seems like I'll tell you if you want to know the inside secret, you like my team, I, I have surrounded myself with people who are much smarter than me. Right. I get the glory of being on these types of shows and talking about it. But the reality is I have people around me who are rock stars. I also have the one thing I do think that has served me well, particularly here, is I've had a high degree of accountability. When things don't mm-hmm. work, I raise my hand and I say, this didn't work. This was a fail. Here's why. Here's what we learned. We're not going to do it again. Because of that, I've built lots of credibility with our CFO and our CEO. 
And these are the founders and co-founders of our business. They weren't classical marketers when I got here, but because we've built trust and accountability, they're all in. And you can't be fast without both of those. You have to have a killer group that's like really coming up with a lot of the genius stuff we do. Then you have to have a management team and partners who are going to allow you the, the leeway to take risk, to push. And David, I mean, I don't know if he coined the term hypergrowth, but he certainly coined it in my brain. It's all we talk about. And in fact, <laughs> like, you know, Mint continues. It's not slowing down. It continues to surge and grow. It's really exciting. And it's a testament to that relationship, you know, both above and below, because yeah. we don't we don't actually think of it that way. We think of ourselves as one big team working against this common goal, which is just to really see how big we can make Mint Mobile. I love it. I love it. I'm sure you're you're going bigger is the future. So I'll, I'll kind of skip. I had a question around the future, but I think I think we know where you're going. You're going big. Yeah. <laughs> Any, I mean, all of the things you just said are great insights for marketers to think about as marketing leaders of the function, making sure you've got the accountability, the trust you're building. Any other advice you'd give either either from that perspective or, or even the digital backbone, if you will, of the company and what you've built? Yeah, I'll tell you, I got to correct you though. I, yeah. I disagree with you. You said accountability of leadership. Mm. That's not how it works here. Like we, I'm going to get nerdy on you for a second. Go for yeah. it, please. Yeah. We have core values as a company yeah. and I'll, I'll give them to you very, very quick, but it's ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's an owner of the company and everybody should own the work, action bias, embrace the adventure and invent and simplify. But the more interesting thing is that this notion of accountability and this notion of ownership extends to every single person on our team, everyone. And I love mm-hmm. to use the e-commerce team as an example because as anybody knows who works in e-commerce, there are an infinite number of metrics you can look at to like derive performance. And it can yeah. be daunting sometimes. What we've done is our head of e-com has gone through his entire team and basically architected each person to have what we call an obsession metric that relates directly to their job function. And they have quarterly goals on how to move the needle on their obsession metrics. And because they get that ownership and accountability for it, you see creativity bubble up. And like, look, I'm a, I've said it before, I'm a big fan of risk. So I'm also a big fan of failure. We allow that and we embrace it here. And because of that, and because it goes all the way down to everybody in the team, that's how you start to get transformative performance, right? Like mm, if yeah. everybody is moving their individual obsession metric forward, the the simplified equation is one plus one equals three. Like we're right. getting outsized returns because everybody is accountable to something meaningful to the business. I love it. I love that. And I think, thank you for correcting me too. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't um, sound like a jerk. No, not at all. Not at all. I love it, I, and it pushes. It's it's the finer point of it, to be honest, that makes it how you guys are getting what you're doing, right? You, you can't, to your point, you can't. It can't be just a leadership function. It has to be owned by every individual in the company. Yeah, and um, I gave you the e-commerce example, but the media team operates the same way. Same way. The creative yeah. team. My favorite thing <laughs> is that the create. You know. I love creative. I love ideation and brainstorming and coming up with fun new things. But to watch the creative team ask both our brand marketing group and our direct-to-consumer group for give us the black and white numbers on performance. What's Mm -hmm. working? What's not working? What are you learning so we can be better? Like You just don't find everywhere creatives Mm -hmm. who are willing to take their babies, right? Like there's a high sense of ownership on this work and get it, give it to me straight, black and white. Does this work or does this not work? And I've seen creatives, they don't get upset anymore because they distance themselves and they go, ah, the strategy made sense. The tactical deployment I had had an error in it. You know, like I'm going to change it and make it better. And we use something we call um, the jump ball. So we allow 
for some of our bigger assignments, everybody can mm. participate. There is not work assigned to any one group. And that jump ball is like you get an initial briefing, but you get no creative direction. So right. come back with what you think is best. And then from there, we start filtering the work and make it off-brand guidelines or something like that. We need to tinker with it. But that creative freedom as well gives people a chance to just get out there and it's all nameless. So when we do jump balls, the work is assigned a number. And I don't know, my team doesn't <laughs> know. The only people who know what work belongs to whom is the individual. They know their work. and the person who's putting together the deck, the presentation deck. Right, right. I think that's awesome too, because it also gives you a high sense of ownership and then a high sense of accountability. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Well, I have a few more questions for you if you've got time. Um, sure. One of the things we like to do is get to know you a little bit better. We know we know that you have this obsession for the Lakers, but my, my favorite question to ask everyone that comes on the show is, has there been an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? That's a great question. There are a bunch. I, I think some of my best stories were actually ones that like my parents told me as I got older of me as a kid. But mm. if there was one thing that I'll never forget, it's that this is like, here we go down the gross road again. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, I was a, a decent high school student, good grades, things like that. But he, college is optional, very much optional for everyone. Right. And I was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I don't want to go to college. And my parents sent me to work with my uncle. My uncle owns a porta potty business. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I spent a summer cleaning out porta potties. And oh. I, that, that was transformational in that the lesson learned when I got home was. Hard work is hard work, but there's some work that you just don't want to do. And like, find find something you can enjoy uh, and apply yourself there. And like, education was a big piece, right? Like getting mm -hmm. smart and being ready to sort of like, I don't know, I see so much hate on colleges nowadays. And like, right. I, I just feel like for me, I needed it. It really mm -hmm. helped shape who I am today and made me think differently. Plus, I had incredible experiences while I was at college. But my parents pushing me hard and saying, look, if you don't go to school, <laughs> you don't get a good education, you could wind up doing this. That was transformative. And it really, because I've never had an issue with drive or effort. Right. Just when I found marketing, I fell in love. Right. And I think yeah. I fell in love with the creative first and the ability to create something and then have like a refrigerator moment where you can see it in a magazine, <laughs> tear it out and put it up on a magnet. But <laughs> then you start to learn all the nuance behind it. And it really is just, I love it. I love this field. It's so much fun. What advice would you give your younger self if you're starting all over again? Buy Bitcoin early. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I would honestly, like for me, if I had to talk to my younger, younger self, I would say, look, it's going to be okay. Have a little more fun right? You're, you're yeah. only young once, enjoy the moment, right? Like, I think I stressed out when I was young too much about the small things, maybe some degree nowadays too, but like, I'm having more fun. And like, when you can mix fun and like hard work, that's when it's most enjoyable. I'm, I'm a weird boss from the sense that I ask our HR department all the time for the vacation or PTO report. And <laughs> I want to know who hasn't taken vacation. And <laughs> I get that report and I email the individuals. I'm like, hey, you have not taken any time off this year. Why not? Like, right. I need you to take time off because getting away refreshes your perspective like you, you like the small stuff subsides, you focus on the bigger <laughs> issues. And it's just good for you. So I, I would tell my younger self, hey, make sure you're having plenty of fun. Love it. Love it. Well, is there a topic that either you're trying to learn something more about or you think marketers in general need to be learning more about? I bet you if you ask this question, <laughs> nine out of 10 marketers would say AI. I don't <laughs> think that's where we need to be focused on. Hmm? AI is a tool in my mind. I think the thing marketers need to really get back to is insight-based marketing. And I'm talking <laughs> about outside and thinking. I'm, and I'm not talking about 
observations because there is a right. difference between an observation and an insight. An insight is a human truth. That I have found that all the best work we have ever created and everything I've ever done has had a strong insight. I think marketers need to get away from, you know, factoids and like little bits of information and calling them an insight and really do the hard work, find out what is the human truth that we're solving for in this situation. That to me is the thing I think high caliber marketers have a really firm grasp on. And you don't have to be an executive to do that. Like great insights, they're everywhere. You just have to know how to find them and ask the question we call the five whys. You can get there a lot of time by continuing to ask why, 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 why. And then you'll get to the root of the human truth. Right. Great advice. And then two more questions. Are there any trends or subcultures that you're following or you're kind of noticing out in the wild? I got introduced to a term yesterday by our head of brand marketing, and I'm sort of ashamed to admit it that it just came <laughs> to me yesterday, and that is Gen Alpha. So we had Gen X, Gen Y, yeah. Gen Z. He was like, yeah, we're talking about Gen Alpha. I'm like, oh, that's the next one? <laughs> oh, oh, no. He, like, he just looked at me. He's like, okay, boomer. I'm like, I'm not a boomer. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I am very interested in Gen Alpha. And I think mm. that's not a trend. I guess you could call it a subculture. But you know, so many of the more recent mm. generations have grown up with access to the world in their fingertips with yeah. cell phone or digital. Yeah. I want to really understand what's happening to the way people are learning and growing and sort of developing. Because I think a lot of that tells us about the future. And mm -hmm. so I, I love just getting interested in that. You know, people in different generations cross over, mm -hmm. they adopt things at different rates of speed. But I always like to see what the new generation is saying is the most important. Love it. Uh, and last question for you, what do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? I definitely think I look at AI as an opportunity and as a threat. I, I think, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, we've been talking about it feels like for two years now. Um, I think you need to get educated on it. Okay. Yeah. But like, let's be smart before we deploy it all over the place. Like understand <laughs> what it solves for. Like, don't just get rid of a call center because you can save money with AI, you're going to have a consumer revolt. Um, but I think AI is both an opportunity to learn how to deploy it smart because its promise is pretty significant. And yeah. if you're able to capitalize on some of that promise, you can really transform your business. But it's also, I think, a threat because people are looking at it like it's a silver bullet. Like it's going to solve all of my problems. Well, no, it's a calculator on like steroids and growth <laughs> hormone. hormone you right. know? Like, like, like give me a break. It's zeros and ones. And like, I know if anybody's a science person, they're like, this guy doesn't get it. But it, it can't solve all the problems. It's going to create problems as well. So right, figure out right. how to use it. Be smart. I mean, I love people and I've gone on record saying we're not going to replace any of our creative folks or any of our, our team with AI because I just don't see it. I don't see that as an opportunity. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best examples I've seen so far, I mean, still largely involve humans. It's just using them as efficiency plays or uh, to help explore things that may not have been explored before. You know? <laughs> Look, we were the first brand to do an ad with chat GPT. So yeah, we right. That's true. We had, yeah, we had Chat GPT write an ad. Ryan did it, and it was like hilarious. It was the only ad it wrote for us. You know, like it's just. Right. I think at that point the novelty was very, very high, and right. I'm like, well, let's have some fun with it. And Ryan's great. He's a good sport, and it was actually a very smart, strategic ad. But of course, it it's still a computer. You know? Yeah. Exactly. 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 Well. Aaron, this has been fascinating to talk about the business, the journey, the rocket ship that you've been on. I can't wait to see what comes next. So thank you for spending some time with us. You're very welcome. I've loved it. This was a great chat. Thank you so much for having me on. Hi, it's Alan again. 
Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.